What's up, guys, and welcome back to episode six of Chasing Banners. I am your host, Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter, at Dante on Deck. This is the sixth episode of Chasing Banners, also known as the Bill Russell episode, a.k.a. the GOAT episode. Uh, and I am joined by my co-host, uh, Ryan Sheehan. Ryan, what's up, my man? Uh, nothing much, Dante. Just excited to get the Bill Russell episode going. I am 401 Sheehan on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, and this is Jason Banner. So we have our guest coming on today. And Dante, would you like to introduce him? Yeah. So, I mean, I said this was the GOAT episode. We have a, a GOAT guest. Uh, we are very excited to have this guy on who works for NBC Sports Boston. Uh, ball is his life. Celtics is his work. And the Sixers is why he drinks. Uh, we are joined by Mr. Max Lauterman. Max, thank you for coming on, uh, taking time out of your day to be with us. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Uh, you probably shouldn't compare me to Bill Russell, though. <laughs> we're being really honest. <laughs> hey, man. No, we're going to have a great episode. We're going to have some great discussion. Like I said, we're very appreciative of you for coming on. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about the Celtics today, get a lot of your input on what you think uh, what's going to go on this season uh, and the topics we're going to get into. But uh, yeah, let's just jump right into it. So the first topic we should talk about is probably the biggest Celtics news that we've gotten recently is that Tremont Waters won the G League Rookie of the Year, and he averaged 18 points, 7.3 assists, three rebounds, and 1.9 steals a game, uh, 36 games in Maine. He had tw uh, 10 games where he had at least 20 points, seven assists, uh, which included a season-high 33.7 assists a game back in November. Uh, I'm a big Tremont Waters fan. Uh, I, I speak highly of this guy because not only uh, he is in the, he is from the same area that I went to college. I remember during the draft, my friend said, hey, watch out for this kid from uh, the Haven area, the West Haven area. Uh, he's probably going to go late in the draft, and we had the 51st pick, so we said keep an eye out on him. And guess what? He got drafted with the 51st overall pick. He's five foot ten, winning the G League Rookie of the Year. That being that late of a draft pick, he is one of these guys that Danny Ainge was like, "Yeah, we saw him going uh, in the first round, but we snagged him up late in the second round." Uh, so I'm a big Tremont Waters fan. I think he absolutely was a problem in the G League this year. And bringing up his stats, I kind of wanted to jump into the the discussion of. Where do we think Tremont Waters is going to be with the Celtics going forward? Personally, I see Tremont Waters being a backup point guard for the Boston Celtics. Next season, Brad Wanamaker, his contract is up. He has a qualifying offer, but he's 31 years old. He does bring a lot to the table. He does a lot of things well. He does have his moments, but he is a, a smart player. Um, I think he gets a little too much slack than he, he deserves. Uh, Carson Edwards, we have as well, but he didn't really show us anything this year as far as being a capable backup point guard and filling in those minutes. So someone like Tremont Waters, he can come in. You're not going to ask him to necessarily come and score 18 points a game. You're not going to ask him to get seven assists a game. He's someone that you're going to want to bring in and just provide a spark off the bench. This past season, the Celtics dealt with a handful of injuries uh, including uh, for the starting lineup. It, was just, it seemed like we just couldn't get anyone healthy this year. Kemba Walker missed 14 games. And that meant guys like Marcus Smart had to start a good amount of games, and that just left a hole in our bench. And I feel like filling that with Tremont Waters, so if there's an injury, Tremont Waters would be a perfect, perfect guard off the bench for Boston. Um, he's quick. He is a fantastic passer. He's a great defender. Um, and I think his two-way contract should be converted to a 
regular NBA contract next season. And I, I kind of want to get your guys' uh, thoughts on that. Max, if you want to, if you want to jump in there, who do you, what do you think, uh, Tremont Warriors, what do you think the future holds for him being a Boston Celtic? I think you hit it right, uh, the nail right on the head there. That's, uh, that's how I viewed him when he, uh, his few stints where he came up, I thought, I think in a perfect world, uh, you know, with Wanamaker's contract coming up, uh, this uh, non-guaranteed this coming year, you get, um, you get Tremont Waters to fill in that role because you got to convert it. Uh, you can't have him as a two-way again. So you convert it to an NBA uh, contract and he fills in as, you know, your third guard or your backup point guard, uh, depending on what you think of Marcus Smart, you know, because Marcus, like you said, had to start a bunch of games and you're right. It really did uh, put a hole in the bench. And it and it, I don't want this to be like a Brad Wanamaker slander. It, to me, it's, it's just, it makes sense. That's why you draft a guy, you get a young, affordable player who can fill in, uh, you know, Brad Wanamaker's role. And Wanamaker has been, for the most part, really good uh, in the role that he was, you know, supposed to be playing. Uh, you know, sometimes he seemed a little stretched, maybe, just because he was playing probably more than he should have been just because of injuries to Kemba. But, um, you know, you really can't complain about that. But, I, you know, I thought the same thing you guys did. He's This is a guy that can replace Wan- those Wanamaker minutes, and who knows what else. You know, he comes in and he certainly seems to play with a lot of poise uh, for someone his age. Uh, he says all the right things, seems to have a great attitude. He's a worker. Um, you know, he's good at defense despite his size. You know, that'll always be a limitation, I think, um, could, just because he's small. I mean, if he was yeah. a couple inches taller, he would have been a first-round pick. He'd be viewed as a future point guard for some team, um, you know, starter maybe. Uh, but I think exactly that. He's – he. yeah, I don't know just due to his size if he can ever um, be a starter. But, look, we had a guy named Isaiah Thomas in here who yeah. you know, certainly proved a lot of doubters wrong. And who knows with Tremont Waters. So I'm, I'm happy. I was actually really surprised that he won uh, Rookie of the Year because I didn't honestly look at – I would look at Celtics player, you know, the Red Claw stats and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I was aware that he was having a good season. But I didn't know what that was relative to the G League. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's pretty cool that he won that award. Ryan, what do you think, man? Yeah, I have to agree with you guys. I'm a big Tremont Waters guy just because Tommy Heinsohn's a big Tremont Waters guy. And if Tommy Heinsohn's a fan of you, I'm probably going to be a fan of you. But he can fill in a big gap on the bench for next season. Like, if we bring him up and we convert that two-way contract to a full NBA contract, I will have no worries about it. Like, he is just all energy, grit, and grind, and he's going to bring that off the bench. And that's something that the Celtics really need to get in there again. Like, Marcus Smart having to move to the starting role really took that away from them. So Tremont Waters, if he comes in and take those minutes, again, that Brown Wanamaker has no offense to him, but it does make the most sense. Like Tremont Waters can be that guy. Yeah, and I remember there was one game this past season. I don't exactly remember which one it was. And people can say whatever they want about the the, the plus-minus statistic. I, I, I believe it is a valuable statistic, but that's that's my opinion. Uh, I remember one game the Celtics were down by a good amount, and Shane, and Shane Larkin, who I, I compare – Tremont Waters, who reminds me of a little Shane Larkin. Uh, he comes in and just provides an instant spark. And by the time he got taken out of the game, he was a plus 16. And right away, the Celtics were back in the game. Like, that's the type of player he is. Like, he doesn't – he didn't have uh, fantastic stats that game. Like, he didn't have, like, 15, 20 points. Like, he didn't go off with scoring or anything. It was just that energy he provided just lifted everyone on the bench up and it got the team back into it. And going with money, like, uh, Brad Wanamaker would has that $2 million qualifying offer – you know, who knows what the Celtics, I mean, they have to pay Jason Tatum. They Gordon Hayward is going to pick up his contract. I mean, 
I, if that was him, I'd pick up the $34 million contract. So I don't know if he'd be able to get that anywhere else. Uh, Jalen Brown has his extension. Kemba Walker has a max deal. So it's like you were, we're paying all this money to these players and we need to, you know, find ways of saving money in any ways possible. And if that means letting go of Wanamaker to pick up a slightly cheaper contract with Tremont Waters, you know, you might have to look at it that way as well. So I'm glad we all agree on that. Uh, Tremont Waters has a bright future in Boston, uh, whether he is a backup point guard, a third string point guard, um, but he is someone that can provide much value to the Boston Celtics. And we'll see if we see him in Orlando, the Celtics to bring up two more players. Um, I think that Tremont Waters is definitely going to be someone that the Celtics will consider uh, bringing with them. So going into that, going into Orlando, I want to talk about the Celtics are going to be playing, well, not the Celtics, everyone is going to be playing eight regular season games leading up to the playoffs. They will also have three preseason games. I don't really know um, what the schedule is for that. I haven't really seen anything about it, but I want to talk about the Celtics uh, eight, uh, eight remaining games. And I want to see what you guys think the Celtics record will be, who will lose to and like what you think, what you expect to see from them in those eight games. So, Looking at the schedule, I'll list it off. They are going to play the Bucks, the Wizards, the Raptors, the Nets, the Wizards once again, the Grizzlies, the Trailblazers, and the Miami Heat. I look at this schedule and I see, you know, the Bucks, the Raptors, the Heat. Those are three top teams in the Eastern Conference. I think the Heat are a team that you really shouldn't be sleeping on, especially when it comes to the playoffs. They don't have, you know, uh, they don't have an abundance of superstars. Jimmy Butler is really the only star there, but they are just filled from top to bottom with just valuable role players that just bring something to the table. And they're a scrappy team that will, that will make any series interesting in my opinion. So I look at this schedule. I believe the Celtics will go six and two. I see them losing to the Bucks and the Raptors. And it pains me to say that because I know we're kind of going in a seeding battle with the Raptors as far as the two, three seed. And um, it's interesting, too, because these teams, everyone is going to be – I know we're going to have the three preseason games as well, but these guys haven't played basketball in over 100 days at this point. And when the season does resume, it'll be, you know, add, in, add another 30 days to that. So a lot of these guys are going to be rusty. It's going to be very interesting to see how these guys perform. So I say six and two. It could easily be four and four. It could even be worse than that. I mean, we just don't know what to expect, honestly. And that, and that says for every team. So I think they'll go six and two. I think that we're not going to see the same players that we saw when the season was suspended. Like I'm not going to expect Jace Tam to come in and be averaging nearly 30 points a game. Like that is just not, I don't plan on that happening. Maybe when the playoffs start, will he pick it up? Sure. But for these eight games, I don't think so. Um, so I think they'll go six and two. That's why I expect uh, Ryan. Uh, what do you, what do you expect the Celtics record to be over those, those eight regular season games and why? Uh, well, we talked about this a little before the show, and I brought up to you how I thought they were going to drop to Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee's just going to come out hot, and I think Giannis and Chris Middleton are just going to be beasts. Chris Middleton, expect a.k.a. Uh, the second coming of Jesus Christ when he yeah, plays Boston. Yeah, the guy that always has to kill us for some reason. And then I have them winning to Washington, uh, which should, they should win. I have them winning to Toronto. I think I believe they'll win that. I have them winning to Brooklyn because I don't believe they'll let Karis LeVert go off on them again. I pray. And I, I have, yeah. And then <laughs> I have them dropping a game to Washington. Okay. Uh, just 
uh, I feel like there's always that weird game in there that they just lose, and you're like, they're definitely going to win this, but they end up losing. So I have mm -hmm. them losing to Milwaukee and Washington, and then Memphis, Portland, and Miami, I have them winning. Okay. So I have them going 6-2. and two. Max, what do you think? You know, it's funny because you, you really don't know. It's such a weird situation because, yeah. like you said, there's this big layoff. Uh, so that who knows what kind of teams are going to show up in general. Like, are the Bucks going to just continue to be, you know, uh, one of the most dominant teams uh, in recent regular season memory? Uh, or are they going to have a, a slow process of getting, you know, their legs under them? What we also don't know is, you know, there have been some studies coming out that show that even if you were fine if you got COVID, uh, your lungs show signs of lung damage, like, mm -hmm. like months later. So – are guys like Marcus Smart uh, going to be able to, you know, are, are they going to have the same lungs, you know, the same, you know, endurance that they had yeah. before, you know, they're coming back from layoffs anyway. So it's going to be hard. So I'm really, I'm nervous about that. I really am uh, because there's a lot of players that tested positive that we don't know about um, that they didn't release their names. Marcus offered that information out himself. Um, and, you know, obviously he's a ninja, so he'll be, we expect him to be pretty good, but you know, there's, there's just so the point is there's so many like wild cards that we just don't know. Um, but just looking at uh, it, let's assume that every team's back to where they were and they're playing great and all that stuff. And um, you know, we'll, well, you know, they're kind of basically the same teams. I would say, you know, you, you got to put a loss for the bucks. The bucks are just so good. Um, you know, Giannis is probably still going to be Giannis. I'd imagine mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to have him beating the wizards. I'll have them beat Toronto because they played really well against Toronto this year other than that um, that one game in Boston after they, they walloped them on Christmas in Toronto, yeah. uh -huh. and then the Raptors got revenge. Uh, but the second game of the season was, I thought, uh, after they had such a poor showing in the opener versus Philly, I remember saying, you know, here we go, second game of the season, the first one. Uh, and they, they, they played great, I thought, versus the Raptors in that second game of the season. So I, I think that they have uh, the talent to beat Toronto. I really do. Uh, They'll beat the Nets because, you know, there's nobody really that's healthy on the Nets. And, you know, Levert, yeah, he, he scorched them that one time. But hopefully they learn from that. Uh, I think they already lost to the Wizards this year, so I'm not going to give them another one. That's, that was a bad one. Was it Ish Smith that went off that one game? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Ish Smith, man. We don't there's, want – We don't a want... player like a Levert or an Ish Smith, someone you don't expect who just, who just torches them. But, I hate uh, it. But to me, uh, they already got that loss out of the way. And so these last – three games are really uh you know memphis who knows what they're playing for they might still be you know like a the celtics may have their uh they may have their seating all set and you know portland and memphis might not you know and then that last game with miami uh, so here's the thing with miami i think that they'll uh i think they'll beat memphis i'll give them a loss against portland because it may just mean more to portland mm -hmm. not that i think portland's a better team um, and I have them beating Miami no matter what, because I think the, uh, I just, there's something about the heat. I just don't respect them. I really don't. Um, they've, uh, just in the Brad Stevens era, I feel like he's always been able to, to whatever Spolstra does, Brad just has a roster that can beat it. Mm -hmm, um, right. you know, when they had Whiteside, you know, he had Al, which just completely nullified Whiteside's ability, uh, and white to the point where Whiteside couldn't even really play against the Celtics. Um, and now they have Bam, who's just obviously, I think, 100 times the player that, uh, that Whiteside is. It makes it a lot more difficult. They have Jimmy. But I also think uh, Gordon Hayward played really good, I think it was in January, uh, against the Heat. And it was one of our first games in our new studio. And so Scal was, uh, and Kyle were there in the studio with us. And they're usually at, um, 
at Ace Ticket or on the road. Scal's on the road. But Scal was sitting with me, and he was like, watch Gordon. Watch him attack the weakest defender. They were just going switch, switch, switch. Duncan Robinson takes him to the hole. You know, and so Hayward would get the ball. Jimmy Butler would be on him. Set a screen, set a screen. Uh, it was one of the better games where I saw Hayward really manipulating the, the opponent and getting uh, waiting for the right switch and just really abusing some of their lesser defenders. So I think the Celtics just – they have the personnel to beat the Heat, so I don't. Uh, I think they're going to go six and two, uh, just like you guys. But I, I really just think the Heat aren't a problem. Of course, I'll probably be eating my words, but that's where I feel right <laughs> now. It's like you talk about Gordon Hayward there. It's kind of like we talked about players that we go up against that just go off against us. It's like Gordon Hayward is that player that will go off for us when we play a team like Miami. Um, and so we all agreed. We all would go six and two. We all have. We all agreed that we probably would lose to the Bucks, uh, assuming you know Giannis is going to come back and still be honest. I mean, Giannis is in line to win the MVP and the Defensive Player of the Year award, which would be the third time that has ever happened in NBA history, besides Hakeem and Jordan. So he's on pace to just have a historical season. And the Bucks had the best regular season record in the NBA at the time. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out right out of the gate um we all agree that they'll probably be just as good as they once were um so it'll be interesting to see how those eight games play out uh seeing who's going to be rusty who's not and max you actually brought up a very good point with the covid and the lung the, the issues with the lungs affecting your lungs with marcus smart i never really thought of it that way and i believe you know kevin durant had that done too and i'm not gonna say like kevin durant's obviously coming off an achilles injury so there's gonna be a, a few things he's gonna have to battle back from to be the player he once was um or try to be the player that he once was but that 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 was a great point i, I wonder they didn't announce who else marcus smart came out and said that he had it because he wanted to use his platform to kind of spread send a message saying like, Hey, this is real. This is what's happening. Um, so I'm curious to see, um, like, I'm curious. I don't think we'll find out, but who else had it and how it would actually affect them. Um, Marcus smart is Marcus smart. He will battle through any, any sort of injury, any, any sort of disease, he will fight through it. So, uh, hopefully he'll be back to being the Marcus smart that we all know and love. Uh, so yeah, and I think we should just jump into our, our last big topic. And I think this is going to be one that we'll have a lot of fun talking about. So when the NBA, they have the bubble, they announced the restrictions, they announced the hotels where teams are going to be staying their the guidelines and everything, the scheduling. One thing people were talking about was who, uh, there's going to be tampering going on, whether <laughs> people are going to admit it or not, there is going to be some sort of tampering. There are going to be best buddies that are going to be together and be like, Hey, you should come play with me or we should team up one day, all this and that. So, and I saw all these memes about people talking about who they'd want all this stuff. And so I think it would be a great discussion talking about who we think the Celtics players should go after to try to attract to Boston, uh, whether it's this off season, next off season, at, at any point in the future, this isn't, uh, you know, we don't, we're not going to get into logistics. We're not going to get into, we'd have to trade this person for that person. Just kind of, you know, just a fun discussion on who we'd want on our team and, and, and why we would. So I, I'll start because I know my three players, right when I thought of this topic, these three players immediately came to mind. First one on the Miami Heat, Bam and Bayou. I mean, this guy, the biggest need for the Celtics, I think a lot of people, most people agree on is a big man. Um, Daniel Tice uh, does his thing as a starting center, but I believe that is still a position that we can look to upgrade. Obviously, it's a little tougher because we are paying a lot of money to our players one through four. 
Uh, but Bam and Abayu, listen, he averages 16 points, 10 rebounds, five assists a game, shoots 57% from the field, averages over a steal, averages over a block of game. This guy can do just about anything. The only downside to his game is he uh, shoots 8% from three. <laughs> um, granted, he shoots 0.23s a game. Um, so, you know, he doesn't shoot that much. That's really the only downside to his game, really. Um, he's a 69% free throw shooter. So, I mean, that's something that could also get better. But overall, he's six foot nine, 255. He could play the center and power forward. People might think 6'9 um, is too short. It might be too short for the center position. Uh, Anthony Davis is 6'10", and Anthony Davis is a freak. And, you know, he's regarded as one of the best big men or one of the best centers in the league, even though you can consider him a power forward. Um, he is a perfect small ball center, in my opinion. Like, that would be an absolute death lineup of Kemba, Jalen, Jason, Hayward, and Bam Adebayo. He just provides everything for the Celtics. He's not a guy that would be asked to score 16 points a game, but he can do that for you. He, he's going to get you boards. He's going to get defensive stops. He's going to be uh, the guy that – he's going to be the facilitator on the team. I mean, those numbers, 5.1 assists a game, that already ranks as – he would be one of the best passers, one of the best assists, uh, assist guys on the team. So Bam Adebayo, I think, would just make the team – would just absolutely elevate this team to the next level. Um, he is also going to be a top, top candidate to win most approved player, if not win the award. I know the Celtics have two guys – named Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum that will also be in that discussion. But Bam Adebayo uh, will also be up on that list. Uh, my next player from Indiana, uh, DeMontis Demont- Sabonis, excuse me. <laughs> he is six foot eleven. Just like, I mean, his stats really aren't that far off from Bam's. He averages more points. He averages 18 points a game. He averages 12 rebounds a game, which is two more than Bam. Also averages five assists a game. Um, he shoots 54% from the field and, uh, it, it is higher. He shoots 25% from three, not, not, not great, but it's better than 8%. So, I mean, that is that, uh, shoots 72% from the free throw line, even Sabonis, like, just like Bam, he comes in and he can just do everything. He he's not that great of a defender. He only had just 0.5 blocks, 0.8 steals. Um, and people might uh, consider someone that, uh, another person from Indiana that Celtics fans have also wanted was Miles Turner. And he's someone that is more of a defensive presence than Sabonis. But if I were to pick one of the two, I'd pick the guy that's more all around, the guy that will be a facilitator at the center position, someone that will grab you 12 boards a game that could put up 18 points. Um, You're not going to ask him, hey, we need you to get 18 points. But he can do that for you. Um, And like with Bam, he would elevate the team, just upgrade that center position so much and make the team a lot better and take us to that next level. And my third player, this is more of a, I mean, I'd say this is a more of a pipe dream, but who knows in the NBA, my third guy is Bradley Beal. And this guy, people talk about him. People, uh, even though he still gets talked about a lot, I still think in a way he's underrated. He didn't make the all-star team this year and he's averaging 30 points, six assists a game. A guy averaging 30 and six, four rebounds, shoots 45% from the field, 35% from three. Not the best, certainly, certainly not the worst. Um, Bradley Beal is just uh, on offense. There's nothing he can't do. There really isn't. And he's, he's best friends, best, best friends with Jason Tatum. They're both from St. Louis. They both played basketball together. They are 
they're tight. They're very close friends. And if I were to imagine Danny Ainge said to Jason Tatum one day, like, hey, who's a, who are some players that you would want us to go after that you would want to play with? Bradley Beal might not be number one, but he is going to be on that. He is going to be on that list of players that Jason would want to play with. He is just – he. The, I mean, he doesn't make the all-star team this year. doesn't really make much sense to me. People say it's based off of the Wizards record, this and that. Listen, the Wizards are the ninth seed in the East right now. They are going to be in Orlando. They are going to be competing for that eighth seed. It's not like they were a bottom-of-the-barrel team. You know what I mean? It's like they were a they were a, a half-decent team, I guess you can say. They're not terrible. So, this year, I don't even know what to say because he certainly deserves it, averaging 30 and 6 a game. Um, and he would just add a whole nother level to the offensive end for the Celtics. And he averages also 1.2 steals a game. So you can make, uh, you can say what you want about him on defense, but on the offensive end, there's not many guys better than him. So those are my three guys. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go on a tangent there. Um, but uh, Ryan, if you were to pick three guys that you would want the Celtics to go after to try to attract to Boston in the future, who would they be and why? Well, the first guy that I would go with is Donovan Mitchell, just because mm-hmm. there's a friendship going on there between Jason Tatum and Kemba Walker, and it's very apparent. So if we see those pictures of them like holding hands and like yeah, yeah, laughing, yeah. yeah, right, right. So I mean, that friendship could build a little bit, and there could be a little bit of chemistry there. So if mm-hmm. you had a starting lineup of just hypothetically of Kemba, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen, put him at the three. Tatum at the four. He'd be way too fast, way too quick for anyone like that, just too skilled. And then you have, like, Tice or someone at the five. That would be just an unreal lineup. So just because they have a friendship going on, I'd want Donovan Mitchell. The next guy I'd like is Sabonis. I've always been a big Sabonis guy, and he's one of the best passing big men in the league, right behind Jokic, in my opinion. Uh, His court vision is very, very good for a guy his size, like Mm – that's why I'm putting him right behind Jokic because you look at Jokic and you're shocked. But if you look at Sabonis, he's very close to him. And then the last guy is just like, I think everyone would say this, but like it's just something cool that I would do is just Giannis. I don't know how he would ever come. I don't know if that would ever happen. But if Giannis Antetokounmpo was on the Celtics, it'd be over for every team. That lineup would be unreal. And I don't know who would drop from the lineup or who would have to lead the team, anything like that. But if you had Giannis on the Celtics, man, that'd be wild. It'd be crazy. He will be a free agent next year. So, I mean, you know. He will I mean, be. Crazier things have happened in the NBA, I guess. I mean, yeah. I mean, that that would be. You yeah. never know. If you, plugged you, in know. Giannis, if you plugged in Giannis into this lineup, I mean, yeah. I, I Yeah, it would be over for a lot of teams. Uh, Max, uh, who would be your three players that you'd want the Celtics to go after? I had Giannis number one. Giannis yeah. number one. Guy. Let's go. <laughs> I love that. Look, like you said, look, it's, we're not worrying about how we're getting them. Uh, <laughs> how, how, just pick pick the player. If you're going to tamper down there, tamper with Giannis, the guy who's going to be a free agent. Uh, and look, center. Center seems like a good spot for that freak. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, so uh, that would work out, right? And I like uh, – I can't decide if I would want – I like – I, both you guys uh, with Sabonis and then with Bam, I like Bam as well. I, I would probably say Bam over Sabonis just because uh, the one knock on Sabonis for me is that I don't remember him for even like a minute in that playoff series last year versus the Celtics. Mm. Like, did he even play? I mean, he did. Obviously, he just couldn't. Uh, the Celtics just made him unplayable. Uh, so that, that would worry me a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
So I'd go with Bam. I like his upside. I like his energy, his work ethic. Seems like a great kid, and I love that. Um, you know, I think that Danny has really put an emphasis on uh, just character with guys. And so, uh, you know, and that's really worked out well. It really has, you know, when he's drafting just, you know, workers. Like, here's where they are now. Maybe they're a little undervalued, but, you know, their intel shows just that they're going to, you know, just keep working at it. And you, someone like Jalen, unbelievable, just mm-hmm. every year coming back better, better, better. And this year, just that buttery touch with his left hand is like, are you kidding me? That's work right there. That's like the example of work. And I love yep. that. Uh, so I think Bam would be another guy that, you know, even though he's a, not a great shooter, you could see him, you know, especially with the Celtics where Brad's like, I don't care what your percentage is. If you're open, shoot that three. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. and you see guys like Amir, who I believe that is a picture of uh, in the background there, Ryan. Yep, uh, it is. Amir was <laughs> dropping threes too. So that's all you need to know. And then my last guy is if we're going to be, if it's all going to be just like a pipe dream anyway, or, or just guys that you think would fit that are going to be down there. Jaron Jackson Jr. to me, man, start tampering now. Uh, he's you know a shooter and a shot blocker uh, and got a great handle I think he could be a guy that comes in and develops as a playmaker as well his rebounding is super suspect but you know there's there's ways around that and look rebounding as long as you have other guys around that can that can do the job as long as it's not hurting the team uh, I think a lot of that's maybe due to where his positioning is but I just think that that kid's just the shot blocking and then the the shooting three-point shooting in the handle are, are something that I think would be just so perfect for Brad. I think just imagine what he could do playing in like a, you know, some sort of Al Horford type role for the Celtics. So that's, that's my pipe dream scenario right there. I, I actually really like that pick because he is absolutely a rising star in the NBA. He is just one of those young players that you will see blossom into a, a potential star. And, and what they have going in Memphis, him and John Morant, uh, the sky's the limit for a team like that, especially if they keep building around them. Those are two solid building blocks for that team. So that is a fantastic pick, uh, Max. And, and Ryan, I know you. Uh, we talked about this on the last episode of Chasing Banners. We kind of talked about how Marcus Smart doesn't get as much respect as we believed he deserves. And we kind of talked about – Give my man player. respect. We talked about defensive player of the year rankings, and he wasn't really up there with guys like Giannis, Anthony Davis, and Rudy Gobert, I believe, with the top three. So, Ryan, you take it from here. Max, I want to know your opinion on Marcus Smart's position in the league and where he ranks among defenders. Well, he's going to be uh, first team all defense for sure. It's always going to be, be hard for a guard to win uh, defensive player of the year. We had a guy uh, a couple years ago do some like analytic videos for us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was Dr. Ben, I believe. Um, he And he did like this whole, like it was trying to pump up the Avery Bradley for defensive player of the year, mm-hmm. you know, train. And just how do you, you know, what goes into a guard winning it? And you have to lead the league in steals. And you, it's all, it's a narrative game too. You really got to just got to pump that narrative all season. Mm -hmm. And so I just like Marcus was really starting to get, I feel like he was really picking up momentum, especially with the more games he was starting Um, and just more national games where he's doing just stupid, crazy defensive things, just like that. uh, The game against the Clippers. Clippers Yeah. uh Just things like that where everyone was starting to notice, but I I just, it wasn't strong enough. uh, And, and the only guard I could see potentially winning it is someone like Ben Simmons, who's like a guard, but also like LeBron yeah. size. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, it, I think that uh, it would be really tough for him to win defensive player of the year, but I think that he's absolutely deserving of being in the top five. 
for the voting, and he'll be for sure first team all defense. It's going to be, I don't know when he's going to not be on an all defensive team, you know, for the rest of his career until he starts to fade, you know, you know, seven years from now, maybe. But like, I just think that Marcus is, once he established himself on that list, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. And one question I also uh, wanted to ask you, Max, before we go is which player on the Boston Celtics do you think is going to stand out the most in the playoffs? Um, so, I mean, obviously we would say maybe Tatum. And I, I look, he every time I thought he was going to just come back to earth, he didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, he would have a bad game. He'd be like, oh, man, is this going to be the start of you know him just kind of leveling out? And then he would just drop 40 again. And it's like, oh, my goodness, this kid is insane. <laughs> but he was shooting 50% from three, which seems crazy. And you're like, all right, that's unsustainable. Go look at his, the first half of his rookie year. Shot 50% from three, led the NBA for like the first three months of his, of his career in yeah. point shooting. So I think he's a, an elite three point shooter, the step backs, the finishing, all that stuff. He's ascended. Uh, so he'll probably pop, but I want to see Kemba. I want to see Kemba in the playoffs. Yeah. I want to see Cardiac Kemba. That's why he came to Boston. That's what I wanted. I remember last year before we, like, we were all getting kind of sick of, of the Kyrie, you know, just nonsense. And just, like, I had no reporting inclination or prediction even. I was just like, man, what would you do if you could trade Kyrie for someone like Kemba? Just, like, that 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 just fearless leader who led that UConn team on that run and just kept hitting those crazy winning shots. And uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see Kemba on a good team in the playoffs when it matters the most. Because even the beginning of the season, he would he would start games off pretty poorly and then just be, like, the king in the fourth like Isaiah was and just – end up uh, winning games for the Celtics early on in the, in the late stages of the game. So I'm excited to see a healthy knee uh, Kemba Walker in games that matter in the postseason with just with other guys around him that can play. You know, I don't think we can judge his, his previous playoff moments, uh, you know, when he was with Charlotte. So uh, that's my pick right there. Cardiac Kemba. Absolutely. That is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that's really why he came to Boston. I mean, he's in Charlotte, for all these years, he was only in two playoff series, both lost in the first round against Miami Heat. Um, so we really never got a chance to show what he can do in the playoffs. And obviously in Charlotte, he was never surrounded by true, true talent like he is now, at least in Boston. So this is why he came to Boston. We are, it's time to, for him to show us why he is nicknamed Cardiac Kemba. The bright lights will be on him. And I think uh, I speak for a lot of Celtics fans when I say I, I'm confident that he will show up and he will be a major factor in the Celtics success during their playoff run. So that's really all we have to talk about for this episode of Chasing Banners. Max, thank you again for taking time out of your day to come on and talk to us. You are an amazing guest. Uh, Hopefully we can do this again one day, but you are awesome answering our questions, getting into the talk about tampering. Uh, You know, hopefully we'll see Giannis in Boston green one day. Who knows what will happen? Crazier things have happened in the, in the NBA. Um, but yeah, my name's Dante Toro. You can follow me on Twitter at Dante on Deck there. You can find the link to our uh, Twitter accounts for Chasing Banners, at Chasing Banners, and our second podcast, Hoops Caviar, uh, that we got started on. Uh, and Ryan, plug in your stuff, man. I am Ryan Sheehan. I go by Sheehan. I am 401 Sheehan on Twitter. Uh, we have Chasing Banners here. We have Hoops Caviar that we record every Wednesday night. And I also have Sheehan's World, which I will probably be recording later today after I spend the day with my father. So, and also happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. You're awesome. So, all the dads rock. 
And thank yep. you can and you can follow Max at Max underscore Letterman on Twitter. Uh, Max, thank you again for coming on. We really, really do appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. It was a blast. All right, guys. Until next time, much love. Go Celtics. Go Celtics, baby. And Rebs. And Rebs. And Rebs. And Rebs. Let's go. <laughs>